You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina All-American Brian Packard, and we're talking Pirate Baseball and the Sports Objective. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. As we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Welcome in to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center in Greenville. Pirates drop the series to Houston, in fact, losing this afternoon. Six until four, uh, six to four, I should say, and uh, now they're twenty and eight overall, and of course one and two in the conference play, and with Houston, uh, let's bring in Bubba Rosenbaum. Bubba, man, how are you doing? I'm here, so I won't get fined. Okay, you're not. You're going to get fined. Yeah, yeah. We- that's. Uh, I think that's fairly accurate. Obviously, obviously, I would not get fined. Uh, at least I hope you won't find me, Dave. But. Uh, a thousand dollars. Man, uh, so what a rough, what a rough week. Um, you know, all the games at, uh, on the weekend that is uh, were were competitive, and uh, decided by a grand total of four runs. Um, right. Pirates, unfortunately, coming up on the short end, uh, dropping the season opening or the conference opening series to Houston, and in uh, today. Battle back uh, from a deficit as we did in all three games, actually, and uh, and led there in the late innings, but then bullpen unable to get it done. But uh, despite the shortcomings of, um, I mean, every everywhere this weekend we were deficient. So you know, yes, um, there's no doubt that the guys, um, in my opinion, you know, left it all out there. I think uh, you battle back as I mentioned from deficits in all three games and just didn't do the things you needed to do in any, any of the three phases. Uh, you know, offensively, I think what we scored a combined, what, 13 runs on something like 22 hits, so not even eight hits per game. And, um, you know, unfortunately, wasted an excellent performance by Trey Savage on Friday night when we were unable to hold the 42 lead in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, we got a no decision there for Trey. And you know, just tough, tough all the way around. Yeah, the thing that, you know, the uh, you talk about regrets in life and what could have been, should have, could have, would have. Um, you, you know, I was telling you, Bubba, um, I want fans not to, I, I don't think they're in the panic room. Um, however, it's very frustrating because you have the game one on Friday night. We didn't. Um, yesterday, thank God for Raleigh Johnson, uh, and and then uh, today we had the game. You know, one I felt like, and in fact, you know, you think about it. Uh, one of the things that was disappointing this weekend was, man, Bubba, unchar- uncharacteristic of the Pirates. So one of the storylines for me: seven, not one or two, seven errors this weekend. I couldn't believe. I thought it was like four. And then I heard on the broadcast this afternoon, seven errors. I was like, you probably know, but I can't remember the last time we had seven errors in a weekend. Maybe, you know, 
it just seems weird. Yeah. Had three multiple error games, you know, three consecutive multiple error games for the first time since late April or early May of 2018 and had multiple errors in consecutive games for the first time in a little over two years. Um, We had not committed two or more errors in back-to-back games since way back in March 20th or March 20th and 21st of 2021 when we did so against Illinois State. So very atypical and just kind of a, I don't think there's anything to to worry about um, because coming into the weekend, we were 980 or, or thereabouts with our fielding percentage. And uh, it's just so unusual to see the Pirates commit eight errors this week. Not as bad today, um, just a, just a one error, but that one uh, was a very costly one as it came with two outs. And then Houston proceeded to hit a, a two-run bomb to make it three to nothing there. I think it was about the fourth inning. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, very, very unusual, very sloppy defensively. But then you also had um, some good plays by Mac. You also had uh, Riley Johnson. Uh, you know, he made a play. If he didn't make the play that he made yesterday, then who knows? Um, we we may may have gotten swept. But he, but he obviously he uh, came through in the clutch there in the bottom of the fourth when right. it was a two-two game. Uh, the bases loaded for the Cougars and ran the ball down in the right center gap um, that would have cleared the bases um, because, uh, especially with two outs running on contact, if he doesn't make that catch, it's a five-two. Five two lead for Houston. Yeah, I uh, again, I'm upset, and I don't want to sound like I make excuses for Cliff Godwin every week. Um, you know, I think uh, for me, uh, to me, I was more. I, I will say this, and it sounds crazy for me to say, I was more hurt about Tuesday night. We'll talk about that in a little bit um, about losing the series to Wilmington. I can't, you know, Wilmington's a rival game. And I know the conference games are more important, but the reason why Tuesday night hurt so bad, Bubba, is that I knew that the going on the road part was going to be difficult. And I I really believe that um, the Pirates, I don't think we played our best baseball, obviously. And um, the good news, I say it every week on this show, we haven't played our best baseball. You know, I know that Matt was wondering, um, is this the best we're going to do? I think if you know anything about this program, as the season goes along, we are going to get better. And I just have a gut feeling about that. And just by experience and past experience, I think what it's not a matter if we're going to make a regional. It's a matter if we're going to host a regional. It's not a matter if we're going to host a re- I mean, it, and then from there, then you have to look at uh, hosting, getting that national seat where you have a chance to host the super regional at home. I think those are the things that are that we have to be careful when we lose a, um, a lot of midweek games and now losing the first series of the <clears throat> conference. Yeah, everything's still ahead of us. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, just for example, you know, dropping this series this weekend, Houston coming into the weekend was right around 190th, give or take, with the RPI. Um, and they saw their RPI taking two out of three from a you know, top 10, top 15 RPI team at the time rise up to about 160th. 
Meanwhile, uh, the Pirates, I believe, began the week prior to that UNC Wilmington loss. Uh, we were right around 10th, and now we're 29th, at least in Warren Nolan. I haven't checked the others, but in um, Warren Nolan is not the official RPI, but they're normally you know not more than a spot or two off. So we saw our RPI drop right at uh, 20 spots this week. So uh, definitely a lot of ground to make up if to you know, put ourselves back in the uh, in the talk for maybe getting into the one of those top eight seeds. You're on mute. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I don't expect us to win 20 in a row this year, but I think that um, that's uh, we're going to have to start winning a whole bunch. And uh, certainly, again, we're 20 and eight. So it's not like we haven't done very well so far, but we got to be careful. You know, Bubba, uh, Tuesday, we have a huge game against NC State. That game has become bigger than the rivalry because um, their RPI, I don't know what their RPI is off the top of my head, but that will help us out if we can win that game. Yeah, I believe I saw uh, in Warren Nolan earlier this afternoon, they were ninth. So yeah. uh, huge opportunity, not only the everything that comes with the matchup with NC State from a rivalry standpoint and uh, what it means as far as recruiting. But, um, yeah, this year, and as it so often does, um, it's uh, it'd be a nice boost. I mean, just playing the game, but then, um, you know, you win it and coming off a tough one in three week where you dropped a series on the road uh, to a team that was not much inside of 200, um, that that could, you know, be – be huge on going into a big series at home against UCF. No doubt. And we've got to, that's the one thing we got to do is just keep um, focusing. We've done well. We're 16 and two at home. And so you would think that would help us. And it'll be curious. It'll be interesting to see how we do Bubba on uh, who do you, my question, I'm sorry. Who do you think we're going to start? Do you have an idea for, you think it'll be Hunter for uh, Tuesday night? For starting pitcher, yeah. Based on recent history, I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about NC State's lineup, um, but I, my guess would be Jake Hunter or potentially Zach Root. But uh, I, I would go with, I say I would go with if if I had to guess, I'd say it would probably be Jake Hunter. Gotcha. Yeah, that's my. <clears throat> I don't know anything, obviously, but I, I definitely think it'll be uh, Hunter. That's my, if I had to guess, and we'll see how that plays out. But I think Bubba, uh, you and I both are uh, pretty much positive guys. And I remember vividly last year how you were the guy getting us off the ledge um, where you were talking about how State had had a slow start in 21, and here they have made the College World Series. And last year we went 20 games, you know, like back to back to back to back. So, you know, uh, plenty of baseball left plenty ahead of us. But the key is um, <clears throat> when we have situational, you know, where bat batting, you know, um, we have to do a better job of, I, I think it went from, to me, it's gone from swinging at everything. It felt like to now we're watching, we're not being very aggressive and we're watching a lot of pitches. Am I wrong on that? Or is it, I mean, it seems, it seems like we're just sitting there and, you know, so, 
not swinging everything is one thing, but at the same time, you got to swing at something to win the game. Yeah, uh, without you know going back and and rewatching it, uh, I don't have that much of an opinion there. Uh, you know, I, I was able to watch a, a large percentage of it this weekend, not as much today because the kids and I uh, went to the uh, the Hornets Raptors game, so I, I, I was watching some of it there and then had a chance to watch a little of it after we left the game. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, very, very frustrating weekend, uh, especially, you know, off, offensively you look at it, um, and this, and this had been a trend. Uh, we didn't want to make too much of it, but it continues to happen and get off to a slow start and not, not much run production until the, the mid to late innings. So that's something that really needs to change, especially on the road. But that, that's, that's been a problem a decent percentage of the time, even at home, where you've had deficits there in the first three or four innings of a ball game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hope, hopefully that's something we can begin to, to change on Tuesday night against NC State. And, uh, and, and Craig chimes in. He said, good point. Nothing drives me more crazy than not swinging at close pitches with a, a 3-2 count. Yeah. It just yeah it, it'd be interesting to go back and see, um, you know, out of uh, out of the strikeouts you have, how many, you know, came looking as opposed to swinging. Yeah. I mean, Craig, the, my thing is that, um, yeah, we don't want you to be chasing pitches, but at the same time, um, you know, we, we can't. In order to make it to a super regional like this team is capable of, I think that's what, like I said, this program is a super regional program and only a matter of time we're going to knock down the doors for Omaha. Uh, it could be, look at the, you remember the error that JC made in the game two of the super regional last year? I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, I think one of the things that, Bubba, I was going to mention, and maybe, and uh, Craig, I know. Thank you, by the way, Craig, my friend, and everybody watching and listening right now. My personal thing is there seems to be, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it seems to be having seven errors, again, is so uncharacteristic of this team and this program. It just seems like this team has lost its focus. Maybe they're tired. I don't know what the case may be. But, again, um, the winning and losing is so razor thin uh, when you're playing sports and and then on top of that bubba you know i don't know if uh with the rpi being so low for a lot of the american uh the rest of the teams that we're not going to have to have some style points don't you think i mean it's going to take more than just winning the series i'm afraid yeah you look at it we're exactly at the halfway point we're 20 and 8 right now 1 and 2 right. in the Ameri- in the american so um second half of the season now yeah, second half of the season, you know, we've uh, gone twenty and four, twenty and eight, twenty and four over the last three. Hey, Daddy. Over over the last three seasons in the American, so I think that we're really going to. Um, you, you're going to have to have a, a remarkably strong finish in the second half to get back into that top eight at this point on um, that series loss was a crusher. Now, if you run off, uh, not that it will have to be something like next, 
like it was last year, but uh, I do think it needs to be a remarkably good finish. Um, you know, something like, oh, I don't know. Um, I think we need to finish 44 and 12 or thereabouts and just off the top of my head. And so well, that would mean, that would mean that you'd have to go what, 24 and four and then, and then have a good showing, if not win the tournament. I think it, something like that would probably be required, and maybe not quite that good. But and then for hosting, you know, if you duplicate what you did in the first half of the season, you're forty and sixteen, and then win the tournament, you're probably going to host. I, I would think, but um, yeah. I think it would, I think it would be very much on the bubble. So I, I, I think we're going to have to be better the second half, record-wise, than we were the first, probably to, to um feel very good going into selection Monday. Well, Bubba, you know I'm going down to Clearwater. Do you think I'm about to cover the the tournament this year for the first time it's been on my bucket list? Is this – should I not go? Should I stay home so the Pirates will win? Uh, <laughs> my philosophy there has always been, you know, I, one of the reasons I haven't done that besides just conflicts with, with the kids and everything they have going on. It's right there you know, the week before a regional, super regional, and then, you know, hopefully uh, this year and the very near future, Omaha. So as much as I would love to be in Clearwater and just saving the funds. Yeah, well, I, that's what I'm trying to do with uh, tax refund and, you know, like the ex, any extra money that I get for gigs, um, I usually do for Pirate Club. And so between Pirate Club and then obviously this, but um I I tell you what, you win the regular season, you win the tournament. Um, and and I think with the keep, uh, people are going to be worried. Obviously, we were number eight. We'll probably be down to how far do you think we'll drop? That was one of my questions, 12, 15, somewhere in there. It'll be a significant drop. Yeah, before, before we wrap things up, I'll take a look at what okay. transpired around us this week. Um, because okay. obviously that, that's a big factor. But, um, you know, based on a one-and-three week and a series loss at Houston, a team that was just inside 200 in the RPI, uh, I think I think we deserve to probably drop out of the top 15. I, I think we'd, we'll drop eight to ten spots or something. Okay. Well, I mean – uh, I'll see what other teams in the you know, top 15 to 20 did. Yeah, it depends on – we may be fortunate that those teams didn't do as well and they dropped more, I don't know, or some people – maybe some of the teams would go up, but – We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, that's for us to worry about and talk about as fans and media um, because otherwise I know that coaches and players don't care about that when it's all said and done. Uh, by the way, put your questions, comments. Uh, you can do that for YouTube and Facebook if you're watching live. And obviously, you can go back anytime and we have it archived on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, don't forget, by the way, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're really, we're, we have a goal by, is it football season, Bubba, to have 1,000? So we have a couple hundred more to yeah, get. Yeah, hopefully by the time the Pirates head to the big house, uh, we will have eclipsed that 1,000 subscriber plateau. Oh, man, that's going to be so amazing. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Huge Pirate. Um, again, uh, by the way, get your tickets for season tickets, 1-800-DIAL-ECU for football, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. Or you can simply go on like I do. Just go to ecupirates.com and you can get your tickets that way, whichever way works best for you. But you can go there, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can go every, <laughs> anytime you want there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
um, in the big house, but obviously the season tickets are going to be a lot of fun to watch those games. And I know Coach Houston, if you want to find out more about that, you can go to our YouTube channel and uh, Facebook, and you can find out about uh, the uh, the spring practices. And by the way, the spring game is next Saturday, next Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to that as well. Bubba, very excited. Let's talk about with uh, with baseball. I know a lot of people have questions about that, and there are people that are obviously hurt, and we're disappointed. We're sad. Every emotion that's not good. But I think um, one of the questions I had for you, my friend, this came to mind towards the end of the game, and I'm just going to ask it because, um, you know, it's one of those things. If if you're if you're a coach, do you change the lineup? Is that something you think is a problem, an issue? The batting the lineup, the lineup. I mean, uh, I'm, say. No, obviously. I mean, this is just is easy easy to say. You know, when when you don't see them day in day out, to, right. everything that goes into it. So. But uh, yeah, I I think what it, I'd have to go back and look um, as far as today's game. You know who? Let's see, did did Carter lead off once again? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Carter Cunningham was the lead yeah. off uh, all three games this weekend, and he had been very hot uh, as of late. And but uh, not. Personally, I like Luke Nowak there. Um, yeah. Or, uh, DH today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I, I, I like Luke there. If, 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 if who's in the lineup, uh, which he wasn't much, that was a little surprising as well. I, th- I know we brought him in yeah, pinch hit roll. Uh, I guess it was Friday's game. Or maybe, right. or maybe, or maybe, I think it was Friday's game. Maybe I, I'm mixing that up with Saturday, but um, but who had the big pinch hit single to to right field, and uh, so I, I was a little surprised. So it makes me wonder if he was maybe, especially I know he had gone over against Wilmington, but prior to that, he'd been pretty pretty hot uh, with the bat and swinging it much better. So it makes me curious if who maybe had a nagging injury of some sort. Or if that was if that was strictly you know coach's decision based on you know, putting what he felt was the best lineup for that game on the field. And Cunningham made some great catches today, uh, laying out and uh, wow, you know. So I appreciate him very much. And but that's the good news about this program that Palumbo and Coach Godwin Austin, these guys are doing such a great uh, job is recruiting. And I won't make the mistake, they are reloading every single year and uh, looking forward to that. By the way, on the screen right now uh, is about the Pirate Club. Join today to give them a call, 252-737-4540. Or you can simply go like I do to ecupirateclub.com and you can make a pledge there. You can set up payment plans, all kinds of stuff. The good news is if you say, I want to donate, I don't know, $1,000, uh, then you can give so much every two weeks, every month. You can do it one time. Um, a lot of great stuff there, but make sure that you donate to the Pirate Club. And uh, season tickets, like we told you, I believe last week is set. That's uh, close to the 16,000 mark. So we're hoping, not right now, but um, on pace, I should say, on pace uh, for 16,000 like last year. We're hoping that we can bust that open to like eighteen or 20,000. So again, go to 
ecupirates.com to get your, uh, as far as your tickets are concerned. And I'll make a donation to the Pirate Club. But we have the Pirates Unite campaign going on very, very well. And Bubba, I believe coming up soon, we have uh, Ryan Robinson, right, on the coming up on the show. So we'll talk to him about the Pirate Club and give him kudos for all the fundraising that's been going on. Yeah, we'll address football season ticket sales, um, the annual donations to the Pirate Club, you know, where we finished up in 2022, where we are so far through the f- first quarter of 2023 mm-hmm. and, and we'll talk pirates unite and a lot of other things with ryan robertson the executive director of the pirate club here in the next day or two all right sounds very good in fact uh, again uh, questions or comments uh want to give a shout out to shell what's up shell uh <clears throat> he's uh, in charlotte appreciate him very much his support the program and it's a great son, Randy. Randy is a lot like Alex. He's just older. Um, he's playing two sports at the same time as my son, Alex. So uh, Shell and I know what it's all about. And then McKenzie's getting ready to play softball. So I got my hands full, Shell, brother. <laughs> um, but I know uh, he plays lacrosse and uh, AAU basketball, Bubba, at the same time. So travel ball and that lacrosse team, I believe, Charlotte Catholic, Shell isn't number one. And uh, lacrosse in the state of North Carolina, I believe, for high school lacrosse, uh, for men's lacrosse. So uh, congratulations to them. And uh, what a great year. And Randy, one of only two freshmen, Bubba, to make the team for varsity. So really proud of uh, Randy. Shell's a good friend of ours and uh, appreciate his support of the program. And that's, uh, hey, when you have stories like that, you know, Bubba, I know that fans would not agree with me. But I would love, love, love to have a men's lacrosse team and Randy be one of those initial recruits to come to East Carolina. I know it's not going to happen, so I'm not going to hold my breath, but that would be really cool to have a, a legacy recruit. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of lacrosse, obviously uh, the women's women's lacrosse um, for the Pirates is off to an excellent start. They are nine and three, and uh, they and most recently they. Yesterday, um, they were at Johnson Stadium, picked up a 15-10 to 10 win over the Vanderbilt Commodores. Yeah, great. Anytime I saw that, anytime you can get a win over the SEC. By the way, Bubba, hey, how about this? That That's actually their uh, – I believe their – that's a conference game, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, because I'm pretty sure them and Florida are oh, in, the, in, in the American. I forgot that. Thank you, Bubba, for mentioning that. You're right. I'm sorry about that. I didn't know that, and I, I forgot. Uh, this Saturday, they're going to be taking on Cincinnati Cancer Awareness Day at Johnson Stadium at noon. So you've got the football, the spring game, you got baseball and lacrosse. I know off the top of my, I'm not sure about, uh, I'm not sure about softball. I have to check. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure softball's at home. Uh, I'll double check on that. Um, Softball, you know, while, while we're on the topic, they are now 22 and 15, however, 0 and 6 in the American. Uh, you know, really played the team that's favored to win the league, if I'm not mistaken. If that's not, correct. then if not, they're certainly uh, right there, second or third. Um, and last year's champion, a team that went, in the, went to a super regional, um, UCF. Uh, and they were um, softball, and I was mistaken. Softball is on the road next weekend 
Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is the series always all in baseball and softball on Easter weekend. Oh, that's right. And uh, they'll be out at Houston uh, taking on the Cougs 7 o'clock on Thursday, 7 o'clock on Friday, and 2 o'clock on Saturday. All three games available on ESPN+. Plus. Um, and the Pirates' sweep at the hands of UCF this weekend was at Johnson – excuse me, Johnson Stadium. Joiner Family Stadium. And um, a nice facility, by the way, Johnson Stadium and the Joiner uh, family there, uh, Joiner Family Stadium, that is really, really nice. And um, also, I want to give a shout out to Patrick Johnson and Courtney Layton on the call for softball. They did an excellent job this weekend. Really enjoyed that as uh, watching both baseball. It was a doubleheader for me this afternoon. You had uh, softball and baseball uh, going on back to back. So, a lot of fun, unfortunately. Both teams did not pick up a win, but you know what? Any day is a great day to be a pirate. You could be full for another fan base. So, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely frustrating to uh, be 0-6 in the league, but uh, two very good programs in South Florida and UCF. And, I think two in the league, I believe, off the top of my head. And, yeah, probably so. And in North Carolina, um, Took down the Tar Heels in the midweek, eight to four in Chapel Hill. So um, I think the program is undoubtedly trending in the right direction. I believe 20, 22 wins that either matches or actually I think surpasses by one or two wins what we won a season ago. Right. So um, you know, Coach Shane Winkler, I, I really believe, believe he and his staff are going to get it done. It's just going to take some time and. Uh, we we really need um, a, someone like, and then this is not a shot at anyone we have on staff because we have had some quality pitching at times, but uh, it'd be nice to land someone like a Tony Paisley, you know, where you can really rely on them um, to to come through game after game in the circle. Yeah, and also uh, Bubba being year two, uh, this guy's got a track record. In fact, if you look at Charleston Southern and at GW, they have NCAA bursts. So uh, this is something that, in other words, if it's year four or five and, you know, you're 0 and 6, but it's year two. And again, I think they're going to start winning in the conference. And I'll have to look again to see, but I believe that UCF and USF, I always get those schools mixed up, <laughs> the Florida schools, um, those are two of the best, if not the two best in the league. So um, I'm really proud of uh, softball. And uh, proud of the athletic program. I think we're, we've got a lot of great things going. Bubba, we did have a football question that uh, Shell wanted to ask real quick, and we'll get back to uh, baseball. But he was asking about um, Alex and uh, about uh, Mason uh, Garcia being pushed. This, uh, this Alex Flynn pushing Mason Garcia in the spring with spring practices, which is a really good thing. Yeah, it definitely is, and uh, we'll definitely talk some more about football later on, but if you'd like to hear those comments that Coach Houston had about the development of Mason Garcia and Alex Flynn, uh, definitely go to our YouTube channel and check out the spring practice reports, and you can hear from Coach Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, and then also uh, a few players, I believe, um, but uh, – 
yeah, definitely have had a good spring, what we've heard so far. And you know, it, it was a struggle early for the offense, as you might guess. And, uh, you know, Coach Kirkpatrick said that <laughs> those first five or six practices, you know, he was wondering if uh, they're going to do anything right. But, um, you know, they're about practice seven and eight. Uh, you, you stack two or three solid practices together on the offensive side. And he said things are uh, really coming along nicely. And you heard Coach Houston on multiple occasions just a, just raving over his running back room. He said uh, in the most recent scrimmage, the second scrimmage uh, yesterday, that uh, the wide receivers had a few too many drops, but they also made some really good catches. So just need a little more consistency and just folks continuing to step up there. But uh, Kerry King and Jalen Johnson and the guys we do have with some experience and in uh, Jalen Johnson's case, uh, fairly proven. And they have done some nice things. Hopefully we can add uh, a piece or two uh, with some, good size as we obviously lose a Winstead and CJ Johnson and a couple guys that are you know, six, three, six, four, two, fifteen plus. Yeah. And the guy that I, I he's going to have to have a big year is Cy Hatfield. Um, I think he's going to be huge. Um, and, and by the way, yeah. the run, and the running back room with Marlon Gunn and uh, all those guys. And plus Rajay Harris is going to be, I think he'll be even better than he was before. I really do. I think he's going to have a, a big year and um we'll see how that turns out but uh yeah. anyway well, we're yeah, an, gonna... a, an acl injury um obviously i don't mean to trivialize it because it's still a huge deal you know you know very tough physically and mentally to come back from but at the same time um, you know with all the improvements that have been made over right over the last two three decades and i mean an acl injury coming back from it is not uh, what it, what it once was. Right. And, uh, and shell and I, our generation in the nineties, um, that could be career ending almost, you know, or it was definitely like climbing Mount Everest to come back, like you said. And, uh, that's, you know, 30 years ago, they've made a lot of improvements, even in the last five or 10 years and that stuff. And I am not going to speak on <laughs> that cause that's not my expertise. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, let's talk about baseball in fact, extra innings brought to you by presented by Next Level Training Center. Go to nextleveltc.com and you can call them at 252-756-NEXT. And we pre- appreciate Trent and Gaynell Britt for their support of the program. They are so awesome and we appreciate them. And they've got a lot of great clinics and camps and different things, I know. But Bubba, as you know, that place is so popular where all the kids, cool kids go that if you don't get a jump on it and find out what's going on for your kids, um, then un- unfortunately you're going to be left out. Yeah. really appreciate the support of Trent and Gaynell and all the excellent work that they do with their tremendous staff at next level training center located on Wimbledon drive in Greenville and kind of shifting gears back to, to baseball. Um, you know, taking, taking a look at, we talked about the performance on the weekend and then in the midweek against UNC Wilmington. And you, you heard Cliff Godwin's comments post game, or at least a lot of our listeners did. And he said the thing that really made him sick was and want to puke is that he felt like UNC Wilmington was more excited to play the game and uh, better prepared 
than uh, than the Pirates were, and, um, and that certainly uh, left him pretty uh, nauseated. Uh, I guess you could say <laughs> uh, after after yeah. Tuesday night's game, but um, you know the Pirates they did JC um, despite a lot of our offensive struggles this week and JC did have a hit in every game and Jacob Jenkins coward is our co PGX uh, player of the week uh, five out of 15 pair of doubles a home run that home run came against the Seahawks four runs scored but um, he, I think I guess he had one RBI, uh, he may have had one against Houston, but one or two RBI, and so that just shows you not a whole lot of runners in scoring position for uh, JC and the other Pirate Bats this weekend uh, against the Cougs or against the Seahawks for that matter. And then uh, Riley Johnson, even though um, he was something like two out of nine or two for ten on the week, he did have that multi-hit game. Uh, in Friday's five to four ten inning loss to Houston, including a triple, but um, the main reason we had him as a co-player of the week is because of the tremendous catch, highlight real catch he made in the bottom of the fourth of Game Two. Now, had he not made that catch, who knows um, if the Pirates win that game because they would have been um, looking to battle out of a five to two deficit there going into the middle innings um, there. Uh, in what would have been the top of the fifth. So, unbelievable catch by Riley Johnson. I think it may have been on the Sports Center top ten. I know I nominated it and mentioned them on Twitter. It was number six. Okay, and the num- number six top play yep. um, for, for Saturday, April the 1st. So, uh, hats off to Riley. and Congratulations to he and JC. And then on the mound, you had uh, Trey Savage. I talked about how it was a shame that he was unable to improve to 5-0. and But he went six innings, a career high, 13 Ks, allowing two runs, both earned on just three hits, and uh, just issuing a couple of walks over those six frames. So another stellar start for Trey Savage. And um, unfortunately, didn't do what we needed to do to, to close it out um, with, with the bullpen. They're uh, taking that 4-2 lead into the bottom of the ninth. You know, uh, yesterday in, in the second game of the series, once again the Pirates battling out of an early hole and trailed 2 to nothing going into the fourth, then put back-to-back two spots up. Uh, you had a big single by AMAC that tied it in the fourth, and then Josh Moylan, who had homered on uh, Friday night, and Josh came out, came up with a big two-out double uh, to play a couple of runs and make it 4-2 in the top of the fifth. And that was a lead that the Pirates would not relinquish after they extended it to 5-2 with a sack fly by Carter Cunningham a couple innings later. Um, they, you did have the Cougars, and you had home runs by McMillan and also Malachi Lott, who had a very good weekend for the Cougs. But um, the Pirates were able to reserve a 5-4 to four win uh, with Danny Bill on doing an excellent job, needing just 15 pitches to go the last inning in a third of a shutout, hitless relief to notch his first save of the season. 
and then uh, and then today and today once again um, the, the pirates uh, were, were battling out of a three to nothing hole going into the sixth inning and then yesterday it was the fourth and fifth you had back to back two spots today in the sixth and seventh you had back to back two spots but then after the the two spot there in the seventh where you had the um, you had the big two out two RBI double uh, by Luke Nowak that made it four to three. Houston responded and with some two out damage of their own. Lopez had the the three run homer off the foul pole down the left field line uh, there in the bottom of the seventh, and that's where things finished six to four. And Pirates having just six hits in game three of the series. Yeah, the <clears throat> Friday night's game was, uh, man, I I was so upset because I thought I thought we win two out of three in this series. I didn't think we would sweep because it's a home, uh, let's be home, it's not a home uh, series. So I said, okay, we win two out of three. Um, when we lost Friday night, I was really worried. And unfortunately, I was right about, I thought, you know, okay, we'll probably come out and win on Saturday, and then it's going to come down to Sunday. And uh, I'm not Nostradamus by any stretch of the imagination, but I really thought we had that game one on Friday night. I really did, and just disappointing. You know, baseball, my mom always talks about how she says, she said it again today watching the game with me. My mom and dad watched the game with me, and she says, man, how quickly baseball when can you know change she talks about that and she's so true is so true and and just like that we went from winning the game friday night to extra innings and getting getting your money's worth but we didn't want our money's worth on friday night and losing five to four and then saturday's game um you know that's the thing we could have the the thing about saturday is we could have lost all three games it was Do you think uh, one of the questions I had, Bubba, do you think Houston will be the team that challenges us for the regular season title? They, they certainly could be. Uh, you would think that uh, going into the weekend, um, then perhaps UCF was going to be that team. And uh, yeah. they still obviously could be I mean, because we're, we're one weekend into league play. But uh, they, they dropped two out of three to um, South Florida. So um, we'll, we'll, here in a moment, we'll run through the through the league standings um, right. before we get out of here. And, but, uh, yeah, taking a look at it, um, you know, I wanted to first go to Shell's question. He said, not to monopolize the questions, but I heard today when watching the game that Josh Groves was number three in the AAC as a pro prospect. Is he ahead of Trey Savage? Well, Trey Savage is just a sophomore and and grows as a junior. Right. So, I mean, not always, but generally when you see those types of rankings, it depends on the publication, but a lot of times he'll be by class. That was Baseball America off the top of my head, right? I, I know um, I know JC. Uh, he's, uh, I want to say, somewhere in the top four or five prospects in, in, in his class. And I would I would guess that Trey Savage is probably higher than that in that in that same class, mm-hmm. and, and and then you have um, Josh Groves, who is like I said a junior, 
and uh, and that's very possible that he is the number three prospect and with his height and uh, with his velocity and the way he's pitched on this season um, I can definitely believe that um, but Shell will see if we can confirm uh, that uh, you know be it through d1 baseball or some other publication yeah no doubt and um, again you talking about your savage on Friday night, man. Uh, and then today with Josh Groves, he, he literally is, uh, when you think about the pitching bubble, we talked about that a lot and going into the season, but it just makes you feel good about the, eventually these bats are going to warm up. They're going to get, they're not going to be warm. They're going to be red hot. And when we're scoring a lot of runs and the pitching is lights out, um, you know, all you have to do is really worry about injuries. Bubba, um, this afternoon, I forgot to text you guys on this, but have you heard anything on Garrett Saylor, his, uh, his, what his latest condition is uh, as far as coming back? I haven't heard an update, but I have seen uh, on the ESPN Plus broadcast, it did appear as though you know, Garrett was on the trip, that he was in the dugout, but if I'm not mistaken, it, it you can only see him from, you know, about the chest up, but um, he, it looked like he was in street clothes uh, and not in uniform, but I may be mistaken on that. But uh, not surprised that he didn't see action. Hopefully, uh, maybe he'll be back in the mix by, by UCF. Yeah, I think they're being smart knowing that Cliff, his future as far as after uh, East Carolina, but also for the fact that you're going to need him in May and June. And so when when you don't have to pitch these guys and, and say, oh, my gosh, we need Garrett Saylor out there, um, that just says a lot about the, his trust for these younger guys. And uh, with freshmen and sophomores, we got a lot of great pitching. So, uh, hey, uh, some people are going to be worried. Obviously, we want to win, but we'll be okay. Yeah, and, and Josh Groves, um one one earn run, uh, three three runs on three hits, and I know two of those hits left a yard, and which has been something in the past, and uh, not this year, but uh, prior to this year that he had struggled with. But uh, w- one of the great things with Josh's performance is that you, you look at it, his command. He did not walk a batter today, not as many strikeouts. He had three strikeouts, but it's great to see and grows um, his command uh, getting to where we wanted it to to get to. Um, you know, he was typically walking three or four each right. start. Mm-hmm. But I think um, going back and checking, I believe now, um, you know, I think the last two starts, I don't, I don't even think he's walked a batter. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, um, he, he did walk one very late in the eight innings that he went. Uh, what ended up being a complete game against George Mason. So, oh, okay, so well. in his last what thirteen or fourteen innings, if not more, he's only he's only walked um, one batter. Well, <laughs> again, there's a lot of uh, positive things to talk about, and so it's easy, Bubba, to for us to and you're the best at stats, you and Jr. But it's easy for us to sit up here and say we didn't do this and we didn't do this and we didn't do this. Or the flip side is that you look at all the positives that are coming out and, you know, it's, it comes down to mindset. We can continue to beat ourselves up as a fan base or 
you know, play the blame game. And the, the bottom line is um, we talked about it so many times. That's why in baseball there's 56 games. Like I was telling you guys in a group text, if if this is football and you lose two or three in a row, uh, you really freak out because there's only 12 games. When there's 56 games, no, we don't want to lose. Um, and we're not making light of the Houston series. Um, but the way to correct that is win on Tuesday night. Uh, have a 4 no week, right, Bubba? Yep, and um, you know, I was looking over some of the numbers. Uh, going back to your question earlier, is, as far as um, as far as the leadoff position and just the lineup in general, um, this is not surprising. You know, Cliff and staff they they typically employ a lot of different lineups, especially in non conference play, um, and then I would expect it to. So it'd probably be a little more consistent once league play um, you know, wears on. But, you know, Jacob Starling, uh, for instance, you know, I think he leads the team as far as the regulars, um, not by a ton, but uh, by a small margin. Uh, he is, I believe, the top on-base percentage, uh, you know, top in, as far as walks and free passes um, with I think he's drawn 21 walks, so he's selective. He hits the ball well to all fields. Um, so that that's something that uh, I, know, I know at times he can be prone to to making a, a few base running mistakes, and we we've seen. But uh, but he's someone that uh, you know outside of that that last point uh, would not be bad at the top of the lineup, in, in my opinion. But um, now I, I really like uh, Luke Nowak or Hoove there just because it's a left-handed bat. It's w- what they provide, and, and not and that's certainly not. Uh, but it's more so, you know, just what they provide once they get on and um, their likelihood of uh, getting on base and uh, wreaking havoc once they get there uh, with with their speed, especially Nowak. But uh, We'll we'll see uh, how things go this week, um, and you know what lineups we use, and so forth. Yeah, again, and I and I don't want to see like I'm armchair, uh, like coach, and I know coach hates that, and like with the message boards, um, but I was just curious about, you know, you know that very thing. Do you tinker with the lineup? I'm just asking that, and um, I'll let him to be the expert and not me. And now that I think about it, there was a game here in the last couple of weeks uh, where Star did lead lead off. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, you've seen you've seen Nowak lead off. You've seen JC lead off um, con- a considerable amount there in the, the first quarter of the season. Um, you've seen Ryan McChrystal lead off. Uh, you he was I think you've seen who who lead off at some point. So you've seen at least four or five guys do it, and uh, so um, and, and Carter Cunningham, obviously, all three games this weekend. Uh, and I'm trying to, I'll go back and check. I'm trying to remember who led off on Tuesday night against you and Sue Wilmington. It was uh, Ryan McChrystal. Yeah, and his back. Uh, they're trying to. They won his bat. They obviously they won his defense, but um, man, try to swing a bat with a bad back. Um, but McChrystal is one of those uh, guys that's a real competitor, and they want his bat. And so uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But 
again, I'll let him be the expert. I'm not trying to question coach. So coach, if you're listening or watching, I'm not questioning you at all. That's just a question that came to mind. And I wanted to ask Bubba. And uh, kind of moving on, um, we said we'd run through the American scoreboard before we get out of here. Sounds good. Uh, so taking a look at things, um, I, I mentioned, you know, obviously in the American, you only have eight baseball playing members. Um, so in addition to the, the Pirates dropping two out of three to the Houston Cougars, uh, you had Tulane, uh, the Green Wave. We're hosting Memphis this weekend, and and Tulane did take that series, a very competitive series, winning game one, five to two. Memphis bounced back with a three to one victory to even things on Saturday, and then uh, and then Tulane needed eleven innings, but were able to get the six to five win to uh, get a much needed series win and some momentum as they begin league play after. Uh, you know, through the first 25 games of the season, the Green Wave were six and 19, so now they're eight and 20, but at least two and one in the American, and begin league play on a positive note. Um, then you had Wichita State, uh, the Shockers. Uh, they are two and one um, after taking their series from Cincinnati, um, winning two to one and ten to six before. Um, dropping the series finale nine to eight, and that was at UC Baseball Stadium. So now, uh, now Wichita State is sixteen and eleven overall, and two and one in the league. And that's a, you know, going to Cincinnati and winning a series is that's something that we've found out to be pretty challenging. Even even when we swept them, you know, it's been hard fought games. So that's a. That's a quality series win. Um, you know, anytime you go on the road, but um, Cincinnati has proven to be pesky under their current regime. And uh, you know, hat tip there to the Shockers for for getting that done. And then you had South Florida. I mentioned them taking two out of three uh, from UCF. And I know the first two games were very low scoring. Uh, South Florida winning two to nothing and three to two before UCF staved off the sweep by winning a shootout twelve to nine in today's series finale and that was in Orlando. And so now UCF is seventeen and eleven, and the Bulls are twelve and seventeen, but two and one in the American. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see about uh, being the first week of conference play how we will do. In fact. We have NC State at home, and we got a, a four-game homestand. So, uh, like Bubba said, it'll be uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Excuse me, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right, Bubba, for this uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, the Pirates, five thirty on ESPNU uh, on Tuesday as Wolfpack, uh, who who have around a top ten RPI. I know Warren Nolan had them at ninth earlier this afternoon. So um, you had that big matchup with Elliot Avin and the Wolfpack. And then on Thursday, six, Friday, six, and Saturday noon, um, obviously all available on ESPN plus, and then 94-3 the game. And then as they've mentioned, so much going on in Greenville this weekend, 
You had the purple gold pigskin pig out. Um, you have that and everything that goes along with it on, on Friday. You'll also have the, the parade of pigs. You know, oh, yeah, they're cooking those pigs. They have like 30-some cookers, a whole bunch this year. So uh, congratulations to uh, to all the people, the teams that are in there. And, you know, I love that kind of thing. The only thing is I don't want to stay up all night like those guys do and the men and women. I got to give a shout out to them for their hard work because I would rather be sleeping. I'm just being honest. Yeah. I'm not missing them. And the pirates are, um, pirates are 16 and two at home this year. And just those losses to long beach state. And then last Tuesday to UNC Wilmington next eight games are at the friendly confines of Clark LeClaire stadium. So um, hopefully we can rattle off some wins and get back. Uh, get right, so to speak. I'm um, not not that not that uh, right. anything is significantly wrong, but because you're going to have some ups and downs over the course of 56 games. But there are definitely some things we need to get ironed out, and I know we will. And um, you know, the next time the Pirates leave Clark Leclerc, it will be um, when they come my way to to play Charlotte in mm-hmm. downtown at Truist Field uh, on Wednesday, April 19th. So. Over, over these next uh, two plus weeks, about two and a half weeks, uh, hopefully we can uh, you know, make a lot of hay at home. Yeah, like we said, we're 16 and two at home. So now is the time. And I'll tell you one thing right now, everybody's talking about midweek. All we have to do is we'll start right now with NC State. NC State beating them. Um, how great that's going to be, how great that's going to feel. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm just uh, really excited about the matchup against NC State. Like we said, it's an even bigger game as Bubba. You said, was it nine? What was their um, RPI? Nine? Nine. Yeah, so, uh, hey, nine, you win that game. Uh, then you sweep. Uh, you have a nice two out of three, or you beat UCF all three games. Um, that place is going to be rocking on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Man, I'm just so pumped up, Bubba. I know that. <laughs> A lot of great stuff. Are you coming to the spring game, by the way, for football? Probably won't be able to make it. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, I'll be down at Oak Island. Uh, we'll probably headed down there on okay. Thursday. Uh, I was really hopeful that the, the spring game was going to be the following following weekend. It makes it tough when it's on Easter weekend and you have stuff planned with family. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, doubt I'll be there. But uh, I plan on making at least one, if not a couple of games of that Cincinnati series the following week. All right. Well, you celebrate my 50th birthday, right? So we're uh, I'm looking to see how many friends I can get there. So um, that'll be really cool. And I know it's spring break for us. So I don't know about you guys, but it's spring break coming up um, starting on Good Friday. So uh, we'll have that for our kids. In, <clears throat> excuse me, in Martin County. Pitt County's already had their spring break. Uh, last month. Uh, Bubba, do you have anything before we go? I know we've got a lot of great programming coming up, including with our good friend, uh, the retired strength and conditioning coach, Jeff Connors. I know that he's got a lot of uh, amazing guests. Yeah, Monday night's guest. Um, tomorrow night you'll hear from East Carolina's second leading rusher, and that is Leonard Henry, uh, Pastor Henry. Um, oh, yeah. He's still in his um, native um, you know, hometown of Clinton and uh, doing great things there with the ministry and um, 
you know, opened up a, established a, a new church and you'll hear his conversation about that as well as a whole lot more um, during an hour with Coach C. And uh, other than that, um, priority deadline for the Pirate Club, um, you know, pirate, you know, ordering season tickets with your Pirate Club priority, um, you know, reaping your full benefits there. But uh, obviously you can order football season tickets on up through the end of August and the start of the season. Yeah, let's make uh, – and he started laughing when I told him this, uh, Bubba, a few months ago. Coleman Spain, our friend, uh, he's been great to us and does an amazing job in a pirate. And he, uh, t- I talked to him on Friday, and he was talking about how passionate our fan base is. And he worked, you know, at Cal, Bubba. Um, but let's make him – he and all his staff sweat because there's so many phone calls. 1-800-DIAL-ECU during business hours or anytime at ecupirates.com. Get your season tickets. Again, we're going to have Ryan Robinson, uh, the executive director of the Pirate Club. We'll have him on this week. A lot of other great guests, people that are we're finalizing. We're just trying to get scheduling before I can make those announcements. But I uh, appreciate Ryan Double R uh, for his time. I look forward to having him on the show. Bubba, thank you so much, bro. Appreciate you so much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And we're going to get out of here. I'm going to watch WrestleMania, the biggest night in wrestling. Going to go do that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks, what's left of it. Again, one more time, I want to thank our good friends at Next Level Training Center, nextleveltc.com, or you can give them a call at 252-756-NEXT, and also pgxgloves.com. Thanks, Kaz, for your support of the program as well. Until next time, you've been watching Extra Innings every week right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and as always, go Pirates. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is former East Carolina pitcher Davey Penny of the Keith LeClaire era, class of 2003. Keep it tuned to the sports objective as you follow our diamond bucks on the road to Omaha, because y'all know we're going. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the sports objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media, at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!